The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. My name is Josh Hurd. Joining me is my good pal, partner in crime, Mr. Jason Koopsik. What's cracking? I'm pretty excited about the interview tonight. Actually, so I've am been I. Following his website for quite some time, as long as I could think of. I don't know how long he's had it up there exactly. I think of uh, twelve years now. Very nice. Very impressive stuff. So, yeah, we have uh, Lon Strickler. Do you go by Lon or Lonnie? Or I've heard both. Yeah, Lon. Lon. Is that yeah. your full name? Lon? That is my name. Yeah. Uh, he is an author. This is from his website. He's an author, Fort- Fortian researcher. He's a publisher of the syndicated Phantoms and Monsters blog, which is at phantomsandmonsters.com. He's a host on Arcane Radio and uh, Spiritual Intuitive at the Astral Perceptions Universal. And we're excited to have have you on, Lon. Well, glad to be here. Um, so let's get into what we what we usually talk about. Sorry, my microphone flew away from me what for some doing? reason. What are you doing over there, um, new guy? I don't Come know on. what happened. It just <laughs> pulled away from me. Anyways, I'm sure... You get this all the time. It's probably the most asked question out of any paranormal person is, what was your experience and what got you into this field? Well, I've been doing this ever since I was young. I mean, I uh, I have been an intuitive or clairvoyant since, I guess, about the age of, well, I first started noticing about the age of seven or eight. And um, I... I lived not far from Gettysburg Battlefield, so I was out in the battlefield a lot as a kid. And, of course, I experienced a lot of things out there. And, um, you know, I knew I was picking up things that not most people would pick up. And, uh, you know, when I got older, I decided to start investigating paranormal activity. Now, this was was back in the uh, mid to late 70s. Uh, when I got out of high school, I started doing uh, investigations for people that were having uh, activity. And um, that was basically what I was doing in my field work at the time until I had an encounter in 81 by uh, a Bigfoot. And um, then I started looking into all kinds of other cryptids and strange activity anomalies. So, it I, I guess you couldn't grow up in a much better place than right next to Getty, Gettysburg when it comes to this sort of field, you know? Yeah. Uh, looking I, for ghosts anyways. Yeah, I mean, I, the town I grew up in, which is Hanover, and I'm, I actually moved back here just six months ago, and um, uh, there there is activity in this town as well, and, uh, 
you know, the, there were some things I have experienced here as a child. And of course, Gettysburg's only like 12, 13 miles down the road. So I'd get on my bike and especially in the summertime and go out in the battlefield. I'd spend nights out there. And uh, uh, I, like I said, I've experienced a lot of different things. Well, I guess I'll ask what probably all of our listeners would like to hear. What, off the top of your head, what what is the biggest thing that has happened to you that that you would say is uh, what gave you the, I don't know how to put it, the biggest thing that has ever happened to you? Well, I, I guess I guess the two incidents were most well, of course the Bigfoot encounter, and then I had an encounter with a. Uh, an unknown being back in 88 which i call the uh Conawaga phantom and that was uh something i'm still actually investigating um there have been other sightings of this being over the years something that i've i've had one in encounters with is a bigfoot and i don't know i wanted an encounter where i could see it far away because i don't I don't think I would run if I saw something like that. I'm an outdoorsman. I spend a lot of time in the woods, but a lot of the reports of Bigfoot, um, you're not going to be able to get away from it if it doesn't want you to get away from it. No way. Oh, no. no, Yeah. You know, all the reports, the thousands of reports that have been sent to me over the years or I've looked into, that these things can move. I mean, they can really book it. And, uh, you're trying to run away from it. It wants to get you. It's going to get you. Wow. So is that the only Bigfoot encounter you've had? Had you gone? Yeah, that's looked- the only, yeah, that's the only Bigfoot encounter I've had. Uh, uh, there, you know, this this area actually, this area where I had the encounter has had other class A encounters as well. But uh, you know, I have talked to people that have had other encounters there. Now. I haven't had another uh, experience with the Bigfoot, but I had an experience with something different uh, seven years later. Yeah, well, let's let's get to that in a second. Have you gone and looked for Bigfoot again since then, or have yeah. you gone and looked for him before that, or just you just happened to be random out there? I, I just happened to run into that. And, yeah, you uh, said you were you were fishing, but I didn't know if you had looked for him previous or afterwards. No, I really haven't. I'm, you know, I, I did a lot of field investigations over the years. And, uh, you know, I followed up on reports, but as far as actually going and looking, uh, no, that, I haven't done that. What is your, uh, with all the reports you've gotten over the years, and I know you can't really definitively say, but your opinion, what, type of creature do you think Bigfoot is? Do you think it's like a, a metaphysical creature? Do you think it's a physical creature? Do you think maybe it's a combination? I would say, well, first of all, I do prescribe to the interdimensional theory. Sure. I, I do believe that these creatures, and I'm not saying all of them, I do believe there are some pockets of uh, flesh and blood uh, creatures, but I also do believe that there's another uh, alternate reality where these things come from, that they can, they have the ability to move in and out of realities, uh, dimensions. Uh, You know, you you talk to people over the years that have, have 
been looking for Bigfoot or I experienced Bigfoot and this and the the fact that a lot of times these things just simply disappear. Yes. Out, you know, it, it just has happened way too many times. And also the fact that we've never found a body or uh, any evidence other than hair and scat, and that's it. Uh, there, there's definitely some type of supernatural aspect to Bigfoot. I would agree uh, for all the same points that you you made. I mean, it, there has to be something that is different than just a physical being, in my opinion. Um, now, law and apps, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, seven years later, you ran into uh, something completely different. Do you want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, this was uh, this was an early autumn of 1988. Uh, I had run into an old friend from Pennsylvania. I was living in Maryland outside of Baltimore at that time. And he and I got together. He was the uh, boy scouting with a, a bunch of kids at, at the church. And uh, they were at a, he was at some type of, uh, well, it was at like a jamboree thing that was down outside of Baltimore. Well, anyway, he, uh, he and I, got together and we were talking and uh, he knew I had done paranormal investigations when I was living up in Pennsylvania and, um, and in fact he had been with me on the Gettysburg battlefield a couple of times when we were kids well he told me that a few of the local troops had been camping at the old Camp, camp Conewago and uh some of the boys had reported hearing crying sounds and were spooked bad enough that they left the campsites early. Oh, wow. Uh, so he stated that he and another scout leader were going to check out the area the, the next weekend, and he wanted to know if you know I'd at least go up for the day and investigate with them. So I said, yeah, sure, I'll come up. So uh, now Camp Conewago... This thing, this place is located in uh, New Oxford, Pennsylvania, in Adams County, Pennsylvania, and it's along the uh, the Conewago Creek. It was uh, actually it, it it was established in 1919, so it's been around a long time. And uh, you know, I had gone, I had actually camped there a lot when I was a kid. So when when I got to there to the location. I met my friend Andy and his his uh, other friend John. The um, that was the following Friday, and that was and we had the campground itself. So, um, you know, we decided we were just going to go ahead and start hiking up into deep into the woods up by the uh, the fork of the creek, and uh, we started walking up there, and we eventually got to the point where these other campers had been at and we set up three tents and we had a nice fire going and it was about 7 p.m. by the time we were all ready no set up so we decided to just stay close to the camp that evening so the first night was pretty uneventful though I sensed that there was something like there was something watching us I I really felt like at all the whole weekend in, in fact it was just I just had a strange feeling 
but uh you know i didn't say anything i kept my eyes open and uh you know the, these woods are pretty thick with a lot of ground cover a lot of wildlife so you know i was really i i didn't know what people had been seeing but or, or what they you know what they heard but you know we i kept my head clear hoping we could at least get a uh get some explanation so the next morning nice sunny cool morning uh we sat down for breakfast and john asked if we had heard footsteps and movement during the night and andy said he slept straight through i i said i heard some movement but i just assumed it was one of them getting up and moving around so um nothing seemed to be disturbed at the campsite so we just dismissed it um but you know i still had that lingering sensation that something was maybe looking at us or it just felt weird <clears throat> so we spent the day walking through the through the woods we we did we went several miles into the woods examining different points of interest you know i, I uh I wasn't picking up on anything. So by the time we were finished, it was about it was about 6 p.m. And we got back to camp and I sat down and we all sat down and just talked a little bit about, you know, whatever came to our heads. But later that evening, we were uh, sitting around the fire. Actually, we were talking about football and <clears throat> suddenly we heard the scream ring out west and upstream of our location. You know, I thought it sounded like an owl at first, but a few minutes later it happened again, and it distinctively sounded like a child. Wow. I couldn't tell how far away it was, but it lasted for several seconds and seemed to fade in and fade out. So uh, we got up and walked a few yards into the woods along the river, along the creek, and uh, we were hoping to hear it sound again. So it was quiet about an hour. And we were discussing what natural it could have caused the sound. <clears throat> uh, we really couldn't think of anything. It definitely sounded like a child. So we decided to stay up for the entire evening. Now there was there was a full moon that night. Much of the creek and the woods were visible. Uh, approximately at one a.m. I was walking to the perimeter of the camp when I suddenly felt like something was watching me. I got a real heavy sensation. I stood still and tried to gauge what it was, but, you know, I went and told Andy and John, I said, look, you know, I think we ought to start walking deeper into the woods towards the, the fork. You know, it just doesn't feel right. Well, we walked about 50 feet when, without warning, we recognized to our right a large dark figure with bright red eyes standing in the middle of the creek. Oh my gosh. And suddenly this thing shot up in the air with an audible whoosh. And a few seconds later, we heard another scream that seemed to fade as if it was moving away from us. So we hurried back to the campsite and compared thoughts about this phantom. Um, Andy, he was really shook up. And was he it? Talk was it a solid or did it seem more ethereal? Well, it looked solid at that point. Um, Andy was shook up and we tried to prod him for his recollection. John was surprisingly calm and he 
estimated that was about six foot or so, dark in color, and seemed to have something extending from its back. You know, I also noticed the structures in the back and commented that reminded me of wings that had been folded up in the back, but I wasn't sure. We all agreed that it had bright red eyes. And in fact, this creature just, or whatever it was, jettisoned so fast that we didn't even have time to get a flashlight on it. Um, Andy, he wanted to spend the night in the administration building and come mm-hmm. back and collect the gear in the morning. He and John walked back, but I wanted to stay around. I wanted to see if this thing showed up again. So, uh, but, you know, nothing significant occurred. Though, you know, I, I did have that feeling of being watched the whole night. And after an investigation and further research, I, I don't I, I I don't know what this thing was. I mean, it, if it was spirit energy or if it was flesh and blood, you know, I I had been aware of that at that time of the sightings of Mothman in West Virginia. Yeah, and it seemed to me that it could have very well been something similar to that. Um, I and other researchers have investigated the area since then, and. Uh, there have been other there have been other sightings and in fact uh back in 20 years later in 2008 i received an email from a man who lived about a mile or so downstream from the incident the area is called dick's dam and he stated that he had heard similar screams for many years and that the frightful sounds uh continue to this day wow and um i had a Later on, I had a scoutmaster who had seen the account I put on the blog. Emailed me, and he told me that uh, that he wanted to tell me that a few boys in his troop, and this is back in 2008, had witnessed what they described to him as a dragon that was six foot tall with wings and a tail, but looked like it had fur feathers. Uh, he said he said that the boys seemed serious. Huh. But he thought they were showing off, and uh, he dismissed the claims until he had read my account. That's very interesting. So I really don't know what this thing was. Um, you know, the description itself is very much like, you know, these Mothman sightings that people have. Um, I, I just simply do not know what it was. I not There have been other sightings along the creek I have I have a total of five sightings that have been reported to me over the past uh, uh, maybe eight nine years huh. Moth- awesome. Mothman sightings yes. usually seem to come with further contact or at least I mean we don't really know but it seems like there's further contact with Mothman sightings and usually it's, I, I mean, I'm just making an assumption here that it wouldn't be out in the middle of nowhere because if the theory of it is a, you know, shows up before something devastating happens, most likely, I mean, what are the chances it would run into somebody out there? I mean, it ran into you, but I don't know. I don't, it's hard to say. Well, I mean, the theory is that because of the silver bridge collapse and such 
and there have been other incidents where people had reported these flying uh, humanoids that m met the description of the Mothman that, you know, it was a harbinger of, of doom, that something, you know, something happened and it was there to warn people. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but, you know, the people that I have had witnessed it to me uh, uh, over the years haven't had any, anything happen to them. And it's just it just seems that it's something that they just happen to see. But this, this, this particular creature itself seems to uh, inhabit the area of the creek. Uh, the creek itself runs around 10 miles from the camp location to where it empties into the um, the Susquehanna River in York County, Pennsylvania. So um, I don't know, but I, I have had sightings all up and down that river. I mean, all up and down that creek. It's amazing. Yeah, and it, it does. It does sound like the description of Mothman. I mean, absolutely. The the set aside the the you know the Hollywood movie, it is the description that others have made of Mothman. So. Right. I've seen a flying yeah. humanoid myself, but it, mine looked like an emo kid. It didn't look anything <laughs> like a Mothman or anything like that. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> Let's get into the Pennsylvania Lichen Investigators, and that's run by you, correct? Yeah, myself and Butch Witkowski. Um, we have uh, been investigating these sightings now for the uh, past two years. Um, and in fact, it, it started back in, uh, 2015, in the summer of 2015, we got a report of something that occurred in November of, uh, 2014. And what happened was, um, and Butch got this, he got this initial report. This gentleman had been in the, uh, state game lands 331 in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. And uh, it was in the morning between 10 and 11. He was walking his two dogs in this uh, in this location when all of a sudden this large bipedal creature stepped out of the brush and just kept walking. Uh, he described it as 8 to 10 foot tall. Uh, a large stride, short hair, dark colored, most likely brown, but very dark. He thought at first it may have been a Bigfoot, but it did have a snout like a canine. Wow. Um, the dogs reacted towards it, but this thing seemed not to even notice that the dogs were there. And the fact that it just appeared out of nowhere the size and not being noticed uh, uh, was kind of odd. So we believe there there may have been something supernatural involved with this sighting. Um, so it wasn't long after that I had had posted this sighting on my blog and a couple weeks later I received a um, I received an email from a gentleman not far from there actually it was approximately three or four miles north of there 
just uh, just west of Penfield, Pennsylvania. And he said he had been driving home from work on this uh, on Mountain Road, which was you know, it's a small road that actually extends around a, a mountain in that area. And, and uh, he said as he was coming around the bend, and this was in the, during the day, as he was coming around the bend, he saw a large brownish tan creature crouching at the side of the road. He said he slowed down to get a better look, and that's when it turned its head toward him. And the, he said the head, head was large, and the eyes glowed yellow, and it had a long nose. He said, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It was eating roadkill. Oh, wow. He said uh, at that point, he slammed his foot in the gas and took off. But he described it to me as a werewolf. That's exactly what he said. He said it was a werewolf. And uh, it, it, he was really shook up. That, that that witness was definitely shook up. And uh, he had he told me of a story uh, that he, you know, something else that had happened to him just before that. He said he had been at a, a local mini mark getting gas and a game commission officer pulled up next next to the pump and he said attached to the truck was a trailer and he said in the trailer was an elk the elk he said a lot of the elk have radio collars and when one dies it's the game commission's job to to figure out how it died and to take samples so uh, he said he asked the he asked the game commissioner officer he said uh, asked him what happened and he said it was a young elk about two to three years at most uh, uh, he said look great condition he said other than the throat was slit Whoa. and the collar was not on the was missing but they did find it later and the collar had been slit like somebody took a knife and cut it dang so, uh, you know, I, you know, that was kind of strange. Uh, I don't believe anybody had a knife and went to an elk and cut the throat. I mean, you know, uh, he just wanted to no, go for a ride, you know, yeah. on the back. <laughs> no, other, <laughs> no other trauma on this, this, this animal. And, um, so I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I believe that story. And, uh, you know, I have heard a lot of crazy stories come out of the game commission in Pennsylvania over the years and in particular there was another one where they f- and this was up in Clearfield County as well this this particular county has a lot of strange activity well anyway there were two bear that were sitting on the side of the road two dead black bear uh, both male which was uh, very unusual and they both had their belly slit from top to bottom and were sat there and uh, no other trauma no gunshot wounds nothing that's really strange you would think that even if it was uh, a werewolf or a lichen of some sort why would they kill the bear just to kill the bear or the deer or the elk if they didn't consume any of it or there wasn't any signs of that i'm wondering 
it's curious what the motive could be to kill these animals. If it's just to resist the urge to kill humans, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You know, we, you know, since that, you know, since these two initial reports, we have received 19 other reports since then. That's been, what, a year and a half now? And these reports, all, well, the, the vast majority of them are in the uh, central part of the state. Um, anywhere from north into Clearfield County, then south, southeast into um, into Adams County, Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, we continuously get them. In fact, I got another report yesterday in Perry County, which is uh, just west of Harrisburg. Now, it seems that we do a weekly radio episode as well, and every now and then I'll pull a uh, pull one of your uh, reports, and I always you know link back to you guys, of course. But we talk about different things. It seems that werewolf or dogman sightings is growing, but I'm not sure if that's the case or if it's just getting reported more. Do you think that these cases are getting more and more active, or? happening more or is it just now starting to get reported more it's hard to tell there seem to be four distinct areas where these reports have been coming from over the years and that would be Pennsylvania Ohio the upper Midwest in particular Minnesota and Wisconsin and southern Ontario um, in the peninsula area of southern Ontario. Uh, uh, why, and, and actually the last two years, the activity has picked up in these areas. Now, why that's, you know, why that's going on, I don't know. But there have been a lot more reports. I don't know if it's because people are realizing or just not a afraid to report them now because it does seem like you know the ridicule is not like it used to be if you report something like that yeah. I don't know you know Linda Linda Godfrey has been reporting these beasts for many years in in Wisconsin <clears throat> but I have reported uh, a huge population in northern Minnesota recently and uh and what we've been getting in Pennsylvania as well. It seems to be more and more, at least since we've started doing the show, when just looking through parent, quote-unquote paranormal news stories, to find a dogman story, it's a lot more often than it used to be. Sure. But do you think that, it, I want your opinion on if you think it's possible that uh, the, the Bigfoot and the the dog man and other creatures like that may be the same thing and people witness them differently and maybe once like the Bigfoot thing kicks off or not or not the Bigfoot thing the recently the uh, the dog man thing has been gaining popularity that it's projecting itself or people are perceive, perceiving it that way do you think that's possible I think it's possible that people have reported a Bigfoot thinking it was a Bigfoot and it could have actually been an upright canine. I think okay. that's possible. Uh, 
I, I don't know because, you know, of course, for all these years, Bigfoot, people have assumed that Bigfoot, if you see a cryptid, something unusual that has hair on it, it's going to be a Bigfoot. Now, had they been seeing upright canines? Very possible. I, I think it's in, in these these hot areas that I described earlier, I, I think that could very well could be the case. Um, let's get into, it says on your website that you are spiritual intuitive, and I'm guessing that's something that you've had in your life for a long time. And did that have to do with what you witnessed out at, uh, Gettysburg when you first went out there? Yeah, I, um, you know, over the years, I, I kind of got away from this, you know, working spiritually with people working and doing cases. Uh, but several years ago, I got in contact with an individual who used to, um, who says they used to work for the British government. I don't know if that's true or not, but I started to learn and become involved in remote viewing. Now, the, the idea for this, doing the remote viewing, was to help people uh, with spirit activity and to spirit rescue, basically. And that's when, uh, you know, I started using remote viewing techniques, started to learn how to do it, how, you know, how you would do it with others, how to go through the phases and uh, actually use clairvoyancy and intuitive abilities with it as well. And for the most part, I have been fairly successful doing that. Yeah, that's something that I've I can't say that I know how to do. I, I know everybody uh, experiences that a little bit differently or has their own way of doing that and I always like hearing how the differences between people's uh, intuitiveness or psychic abilities or whatever anybody wants to call it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I can go through a, a bit of what happens when I'm... Now, I, I've got a website, which is astralperceptions.com. I've got a lot of expli- lot of it written down there on how I do this. And I've got a lot of client testimonials as well. Now, I don't do this for, for pay. This is something I just do on my own. Um, you know, when a potential client first contacts me uh, uh, the mechanisms of what I do start immediately if now if it's not direct rescue there are indirect methods that I can employ now there's there's an initial consultation with the client uh, usually through Skype um, this is followed by a course of primary research I used to gather some of the main facts. Uh, the next step is if if I'm working with others is for you know discussion of our duties and and what you know we believe in be going on and uh, 
it, you know, this extends into research and client dialogue as well. Now, all all the factors are considered during research and the investigation itself. Uh, it's a necessary process, but it's also time consuming. But I require a complete and detailed inquiry in order to, um, you know, achieve reputable evidence. So I don't know how, you know, how you, or if you know much about remote viewing, but we use what we call an idiom, idiom, idiometer reflex technique. Uh, this is followed by remote perception methods, which is, it's, it's basically controlled remote viewing. It, it's, it's a fairly efficient operation, but it's absent in the conscious mind and it allows us to distinguish physical traits and senses associated with the target. Now, this is basically a controlled procedure in the early phases, but like I said, ultimately this converts into a psychic exercise. Uh, at that point, a clear vision or, void, or clairvoyant state transcends during the final matrix. And uh, at that time, various extrasensory information emerges including subspace aspects of either entities or ethereal energies at the target. So basically at that point, when I can distinguish a target, I remotely clear the area if that's, if that can be done. In other words, if there is a, um, if there's an earthbound entity at the location, I do a remote clearing and uh, like I said before, I've been fairly successful at doing this. And what was the website there again, so people can it's find you for that? Astralperceptions.com. I'll have to check it out myself. Yeah, uh, really this impressive. is something I'm starting to get into personally. Yeah. Not necessarily astral projection yet. I'm just starting. Well, it's to... not for astral projection. Astral oh. perceptions. Yeah, this is I'm, um, I'm, it's it's different. I mean, I you know, it's it's I'm basically remote viewing. Remote viewing yeah, it's basically remote viewing. But the technique I use, I I I have addressed it as astral perception. Okay. So uh, you know, yeah, it's I mean, kind of I'm playing words, I guess, in a way. But then yeah. again, <laughs> that's fascinating stuff, though. Yeah, I'm I'm. I meant to say uh, remote viewing. Uh, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I'm just now starting to, over the years of investigating, getting to the point where I can start feeling things in places and seeing some things in places that I'm in. Yeah. Um, and I want to explore that more, and I'm just in the start, starting process of it. Um, I do want to ask you about your 2016 predictions and if you have any predictions for 2017 and how you go about these predictions so on your website you had four stated predictions for 2016 yeah I do this every year uh, I usually do it in December of the previous year uh, many times it never comes out I kind of do it as a thing just you know for me Maybe I'll get lucky and hit something sometime. I uh, 
I don't I don't make any type of political predictions or anything about people passing away or anything like this. But I, I do try to get myself into a a clairvoyant state to where I can sense where things may or may not happen. And in fact, I don't even remember what I had predicted for this year. I'm just clicking this up now. Um, yeah, the first one was, you know, the, 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 I have been saying for years that I do believe that we are under some type of non-terrestrial influence and uh, otherworldly influence. And I, I believe that eventually we're going to be given signs about this. I... You know, I don't know. You know, it's it's mostly got to do with the governments and and their disclosure, but there may come a time when these these beings let us know that they are present. And in fact, my my theory on this is, and this may be a little bit out there. I my theory is that these entities or beings or whatever we see that people call aliens may be actually our descendants and that they are coming back through time travel or some other means folding a space or time and trying to help us in the problems that we face and maybe things that had already that had happened before Try to alleviate from happening again. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a uh, that's that's definitely not odd or weird, but it it's a strange subject to dive into because uh, the descendant thing, or it's not really time travel. Maybe sending messages back in time, but if they change something in the past, would that make them not even there anymore? And if they weren't there, how could they send the message back? In the first place, it just you could really like go through a loop going through that stuff in your mind. Yeah, it's it's definitely going into a rabbit hole. But you know, if you think about it, it I, I I do believe that there's a a very good possibility that has been what's been going on. Um, you know, I discussed this last night on another show that um, you know, you know, with the ability that we now have to virtually destroy everything on this planet and that there are certain governments that have that ability to use these weapons and you know who it, it seems awful odd to me that over the past 70 years that no one else has ever used these weapons could this have been avoided somehow by our descendants coming back and stopping this at some point. I mean, during the Cold War, things were really had really gotten to the a close point where you know something very easily could have happened. Yeah. You know, who's to say that something wasn't stopped, an event wasn't stopped that could have spiraled into you know something <laughs> much worse than what yeah. you know. So I, I, you know, it's something I think about. I, you know, I, all the uh, reports I get over the years of, um, 
close encounters and abduction and, uh, you know, certain statements that people swear they're told or communicated to them. I tend to believe that a lot of what we're seeing is coming from our future. That's amazing. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, a, I think it's a, a as good a possibility as anything else. Absolutely. Um, and as far as uh, nuclear war thing, I mean that's in a. A big trend in UFO contactees is having the so them being told that they are they are whoever it is are here to stop us from destroying ourselves. Yeah, I, I do believe there's something to do that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that these beings are for coming from other planets, and I don't, I, you know, I don't think these extraterrestrials. Or what they're described as, I think they're more not. I think they're more terrestrial than they are extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had cases, in particular, one case I had down in Florida, where uh, this family was being abducted constantly, and they were being taken to. Um, they were taken to locations on this planet. They were actually taken to underground locations, and underwater locations, and the you know the same entities that people were describing with other types of abductions were the same type of entities that they were seeing that these entities reptilians and greys in particular uh, were on this planet and they were conducting their business underground or under underwater yeah I mean that's the whole thing with this field right nobody knows and anything could be mm-hmm. possible so i think that's definitely a possibility um we could talk about any number of these things for hours um i don't want to hold you too long but i do have one more question for you i'd like to know what your favorite type of quote-unquote paranormal creature is mothman nice. no mothman? doubt about it Heck yeah mothman it, it fascinates me the whole the whole mothman thing uh the continuing number of reports I get, uh, I, I just I I just think it's fascinating. I think um, you know the the whole initial Mothman sightings in in Point Pleasant and all the other factors that were involved with that. You know later on the Men in Black, the the UFOs the uh, close encounters all the things that happen in that location in that area and continue to happen um, the Point Pleasant area is has had a number of lichen sightings a huge number of Bigfoot sightings wow. uh, Mason County all up and down the Kanoa River it's um, it's a hot spot so That's what I was just going to ask you. Do you think that there are hot spots around the world that for some reason more things happen at than others? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I think it's... Um, I think there are particular areas... Now, I, worldwide, I'm, I, you know, I know there, there are places where a lot of things happen. 
But in the United States itself, I, I believe uh, there are particular areas that have a lot of activity, a lot of sightings. Uh, the one particular area where I have, I do received a, a vast percentage of sightings is the area which they call Hill Country, which is south of um, San Antonio into Laredo and uh, down toward Brownsville and up toward again to uh, Corpus Christi. It's kind of, I call it the, uh, the, uh, um, God, I don't even remember what I used to call it. But anyway, <laughs> it's 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 a diamond shape I had written, I had made. And that area itself has had so many different types of cryptids, uh cryptid activity. And I mean not just one thing. It's been a it's been a variety of things. We have buddies down in that area, fellow podcasters. I'll have to ask them about that. Um Josh, you have any other questions for Lon? No, I was just going to ask Lon if you ever made it to uh, Point Pleasant uh, over to the uh, Mothman Festival that they have every year. I, My colleagues try to drag me down there every year. <laughs> um, I promise them I will be there one year and uh, maybe this year. We don't I know. know. Uh, I mean, this coming year. I know Jason and I, I yeah, are we're, planning, uh, we're, we're planning on getting about out there. It this coming year. I've been wanting to go. I just I, haven't made it out there. Yeah, I got to see it. I got to just be there. I got to see it and experience it for myself. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, so, it's uh, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, I don't know if anything that's happened supernatural-wise or paranormal-wise during the festival. Right. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it is a very nice gathering of uh, uh, experts and enthusiasts. Well, nobody's an expert in paranormal field, but... Uh, of paranormal enthusiast and uh, a lot of friends are there so yeah I may go one year that's awesome so why don't you let all our uh, listeners out there know about your books and where to find them and where to find uh, your websites and stuff yeah my website is uh, Phantoms and Monsters it's uh, it's a blog It's I've been around since 2005 the uh, the URL is phantomsandmonsters.com and uh, you can if you want to receive a free newsletter daily there's a module there in the upper right corner where you can put your email and ask for a copy of the uh, daily blog and my books which one I just recently released Phantoms and Monsters Unexplained Encounters all five of my books can be found on Amazon. Uh, just search for Lon Strickler, and they'll all come up. Yeah, I'm a, if not, I'm a weekly reader of your blog, if not more than that. So, and I have been for a long time, long before I started doing this show. And I, I appreciate people like you that do uh, websites or blogs like that. It's. Uh, great to have everything uh, and all these people reporting stuff and and uh, yeah thanks for running that blog and keeping it going well, I appreciate you reading it alright well uh, thank you very much for coming on and uh, I'll uh, keep in touch I want to ask you about some other stuff in the future okay it's been my pleasure thanks a lot Lon alright 
right. Mark that. All right. So there we have it. Lon Strickler. What you think of Lon? Lon's cool, man. He's cool. I'm just uh, a little pissed off at my uh, my interwebs there for a minute. There towards the beginning, it was all all sorts of Tom fuckery was going on. Yeah, hopefully we can recover some. I started when you first told me yeah. that you were having problems. I pulled up my OSB or OBS and started recording. I don't know if we could salvage some. Hey, well, we'll just have to see. But yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Good stuff, man. So, uh, what else do we get to talk about? Oh, I forgot to mention something to him. Damn. Oh, what? Is it? Is a typo on his website, and I didn't want to like. I don't want to call so him out on it. I wanted funny. to let him know you that there was a so typo on his fucking website. Funny sometimes, <laughs> because if I have a typo, I want somebody to tell me. That's but a good I, point. That's oh, a good well. point. Oh my goodness! Nine one three seven three zero seven two five five. That's the Ectoplasma Show phone number. Ectoplasma Show at Gmail dot com. At Ectoplasm Show on Instagram and Twitter. Ectoplasm Show on Facebook and ectoplasmshow.com. And also find us on YouTube as well. Oh my goodness. That's a fucking mouthful, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I also, uh, uh, rate and I, review uh, us. Rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking with someone today about all the different social, just. All the different stuff that I have going on, let alone like... Yeah, you got some shit. You know, once I get back to work and, and whatever, all the different stuff that I run online. Yeah. And let's see, what did I... What did I... Let me pull it up real quick. I put... So I have I have no less than six different Instagram accounts. I only Fuck. keep up with two of them, but I have yeah. all the other ones. Um, I have... Three, actually, I have like seven different Twitter accounts, three of which I keep up with. Ugh. I have two Google Plus accounts I keep up with. I have three YouTube accounts I keep up with. Holy shit. Four or five Facebook pages I take care of. I admin five Facebook groups and I run five websites right now, plus the all the admin with the paranormal group, this Ugh. podcast, Kansas City Bastards, and all the other podcasts I guest host and stuff on you know i i've got this right here and i've literally because i was just curious for myself too to look at all this shit i have nine fucking facebook pages and then i have my own personal you know my own actual fucking facebook page that is stupid i've got three twitter accounts the person I was telling uh, this about, she uh, follows on Instagram, and she's actually just started uh, going through some audio and stuff for me. She's from Pennsylvania, that exact area oh, where no we talked mostly about tonight. So I told her that um, it's all about Pennsylvania. But anyways, Dude. I was telling, I didn't realize how much shit that I had until I typed it all out. I was like, "Holy crap! How do I keep up with all this stuff?" Wow. But yeah. Wow. I do for you guys, for the listeners. Crazy, crazy. Oh my god, buddy, I'm so fucking tired. All right, I'll mention Pod Bros. Go to podbros.com. Check yeah. out their 
other shows that have 30 plus shows on there including us uh, we're the only paranormal one and um, that's a good thing but uh, I wouldn't mind having another paranormal group on there or no, podcast on there it wouldn't, a good thing. wouldn't matter but uh, yeah go check out podbros.com shit yeah and let's see what else what else should I mention oh when we I know we're a long ways out but when we reach 50 reviews and ratings on iTunes I'll be giving yeah. away a full spectrum GoPro knockoff what up a 1080p um throw another acronym and some in there. ectoplasm <laughs> gear so ecto swag that'll be fun man fucking right well again a big thanks to Lon uh Strickler for hanging out with us tonight um oh coming up one other thing coming up next yeah. week's news episode will feature Ooh. That's right. Josh from Big, one of the owners of Big Rips, will be in studio what up? with me next week on the Ectoplasm Show Shit, Paranormal yeah. News episode. That's going to be great. Mm-hmm. That's going to be fun. So, yeah, look forward to that on Tuesday morning. Until then, guys, enjoy your weekend. Hope you guys are doing great. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out. <laughs>